Jesus, family, and my journey to priesthood. An interview with Bishop Tony Randazzo. So I'm joined today at the Ignite Conference by Bishop Tony Randazzo from the Archdiocese of Sydney. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, Luke. It's great to be here with you. So I firstly just wanted to ask you about your own journey and particularly about um, your journey to the priesthood, your vocation story. What inspired you, I guess, to become a priest? There's a few factors. Uh, Probably the most important one for me is that I come from a family that's filled with faith. My parents uh, modelled the faith the way they lived their own married love. And they were steadfast in good times and in bad. They, they made sure that Christ was at the very centre of our lives. Uh, there was not a week. It's just inconceivable in their married life that Sunday would not be the day of worship of the Lord. Uh, it was inconceivable that we wouldn't pray as a family each day. And more often than not, during the week, uh, my mother would bundle us off and we'd go to the church for some uh, sacrament of confession that was available if we needed to and uh, adoration of the Blessed Sacrament. They were the staples uh, of my diet, uh, my spiritual diet growing up, and that just put me in a really good place. It put me in an environment that had Jesus Christ at the very centre. Now, one aspect of that is the environment, and that's really important. But of course, for me, and I think for anyone who wants to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, there has to be a personal connection. And so it wasn't good enough just for me to float around on a Sunday, to go along in the car on a, on a Wednesday, or to sort of rock up for the prayer on, on the daily basis. At a certain point in time, I had to commit myself. And as a young boy, probably about the age of 10, I can very clearly remember thinking, this Jesus person on the cross is real. And from that moment on, I wanted to go to Mass on Sunday. I wanted to pray each evening. And I look forward to the Sacrament of Penance when I could, when I could get to it. And certainly uh, to visit and spend a bit of time with Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. So for me, it was an ongoing, an organic kind of growth. It was like a seed being planted in the right ground. And my parents and their married life provided that ground for me. Uh, So for me, that was really important. And so I I underline that because it was a personal faith experience. It was a conversion as a young person that continued to grow. I had an uncle who was a priest. He had an uncle who was a Carmelite brother. Um, Their uncle was a priest. You know, I'm seventh generation on my mother's side. I didn't know that at the time. Um, I'm third generation on my father's side. Apparently, we're a sacerdotal family. And, and this all became uh, part of my reality as I started to uh, look into the family life, into uh, where we came from, who we were, and it became something of what I do. And, and so it became very natural for me at some stage to respond to this call. I had to ask the question, what's God wanting me to do with my life? I couldn't just ask it of myself. I had to ask God, hey, God, what do you want me to do with my life? And I very clearly heard God say, I want you to follow me. I want you to be my priest. And uh, the rest, I suppose, is history. Uh, I had some very good priests in the parish in which I lived and grew up. And they kept an eye out. They noticed uh, young people in the parish, women and men, and tried to direct them to marriage, to religious life and to the priesthood. And the the young curate in the parish at the time when I was a, a young teenager was a priest called Father Michael McCarthy. And he one day said to me, hey, when are you going to the seminary? And, and I really freaked out. 
and inside I thought, gosh, how did he even know I was thinking and praying about that? And uh, anyway, the long and the short of it is he encouraged me. He put me in contact with the vocations director, sent me off with a few of my mates to a vocation weekend or two. And uh, lo and behold, I found myself a few years later in the seminary. Uh, that wasn't the end of it. The seminary is a means to an end. And so I constantly had to ask myself, is this what God is asking me to do? If I become a priest was the question. After about five and a half years in the seminary, I came to a time in my formation where I finally said, through prayer and the discernment of the formators who were teaching me and looking after me, helping me in the journey, I finally came to a stage one day where I could say, when I become a priest. The if part wasn't a denial, it was a, an attempt on my part to just keep throwing myself into God because only God could answer the question, this is what I want you to do with your life. So after seven years in the seminary, um, the, the bishop, the archbishop called me forward and I was ordained a priest. It's a wonderful story. Now, would I be correct in saying you were the rector for the seminary up here in Brisbane? Is that correct? For I was the rector of Holy Spirit Seminary at Queensland for seven years, I was. Wonderful, wonderful. Is there anything from your journey, or, or even outside of your own journey, um, that you see as being um, really important to the formation of young men uh, in their journey in discerning the priesthood and then, as in your case, becoming a priest? Sure. Look, way back in the early 1990s, after the Synod on the Priesthood, Pope John Paul, St. Pope John Paul II, issued a document called Pastores Dabo Vobis, three Latin words. It means, I will give you shepherds. And the rest of the, the scripture quote is, I will give you shepherds after my own heart. It's a promise of God to be faithful and shepherd the people of Israel. Now, that document was revolutionary at the time because it, it, it highlighted four dimensions of, of formation that were necessary. Human, spiritual, intellectual, and pastoral. Now, St. John Paul II said, they're all very important, but if the, if the man is not developed as a human person, if he is not grounded in his humanity, in his manhood, there's nowhere for the spiritual life, the intellectual life, or the pastoral life to take root. And so for me, one of the most important aspects is that whole development of the human person. Who is God calling this young man to be in all the fullness of life? And that means he has to understand himself in relationship to, to God, in relationship to others, and relationship to himself. That's at the very, very heart of it. Now, all of that together is important to, to integrate into a formative lifestyle. But it's all directed not towards the seminary. A seminary is the means to an end. It's directed towards mission and faith formation of the people of God. And so the priest then becomes a missionary disciple of Christ, to use the words of Pope Francis. So all of that human, spiritual, intellectual and pastoral work has to find itself directed somewhere through the person of the priest. And that direction is the mission of the church. It's about being a disciple of Jesus Christ and in the power of his Holy Spirit, proclaiming the good news to the world. And that good news is not just a proclamation of words spoken in a homily. It's first and foremost a proclamation of life. The priest must be an authentic man. He must be genuine. He must be immersed in a spiritual life. And he must be honest in the way he leads others to come to know Jesus Christ by what he says 
but by also what he does. Now that sounds pretty pretty challenging, and it might sound a bit too scary for some people. Well, guess what? It's a life in the Holy Spirit, and God never calls us on our own. He calls us and then provides us with the gifts we need, and those gifts well up in us into fruits. And the fruit of our life is the work of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Now, as a bishop, what do you see as being your role in taking people from, as you said, well, firstly, fostering that environment that you experienced growing up, but also taking people from that environment and making them, I guess, um, that, that intentional disciple, um, that person who, as, as you experienced at 10 years of age, that experience of Jesus is real and I have to follow him. Um, how do you see your role as the bishop being related to firstly fostering that environment where that seed can be planted and grown but then also helping people to move from simply a kind of passive experience to a more active following of Christ. The image of the shepherd is key. There's a reason we carry a crozier or a pastoral staff. It's a symbol of the shepherd's crook and there's three parts to that shepherd's crook. There's the the crook on the top, the hook part, There's the middle part, and then there's the pointy part on the bottom. And they're all very useful. The crook part on the top is about putting that around the sheep and protecting them. If they're going to walk off the cliff, you put put that around and pull them back into safety. The pointy part on the end is if they won't go through the gate path, you can nudge them along gently with the pointy part. And if something comes and attacks them, you can defend them with the middle part. So there's a, a multi-dimensional aspect of the, of the bishop's life and his role as a shepherd or as a pastor. Now, the best shepherds will go amongst the flock and meet them where they are. So the first and key element of being a good shepherd in the model of Christ the Good Shepherd is to meet the sheep where they are. So as a bishop, I try to get around the western part of Sydney, the region that I'm responsible for, and I try and meet as many people as possible. I love going to parishes. I love going into our parish schools. I love going into our communities. I love visiting sick people in their homes because that's where their life is and that's where Jesus Christ meets them. And so that's where I have to meet them. I want to meet them as the shepherd. However, no shepherd would just meet his sheep in a pasture and leave them there. He's constantly on the lookout for greener pastures, for streams of cool water to refresh them. And in doing that, he then, once he's amongst them and he's sighted these other fields or paddocks and these wonderful fresh waters, he will then, with the sheep, go along and lead them there. And in John's Gospel, Jesus says, my sheep know me, they know my voice, they follow me, I am their shepherd. That's the model for the bishop. That's the model that I hold most dearly in my own Episcopal ministry over this last year and a bit. Wonderful. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you, Bishop Tony, and the Archdiocese of Sydney is very blessed to have you. Um, And so, yeah, once again, thank you very much, and we'll continue to pray for your ministry and your work. Thank you, Luke. I'm deeply grateful, and I feel blessed to be in Sydney. God bless you. That was Bishop Tony Randazzo with Jesus, Family, and My Journey to Priesthood. For more interviews, talks and shows, visit cradio.org.au.